Well, good morning. You're looking good. Hey, thank you. You guys are incredible. You're awesome, as you are every, every week. And that, boy, those last few, those last few words from Tian about taking a deep breath and relaxing in the spirit of, of the Lord and, and His Holy Spirit. And especially after the last couple of weeks we've been through as a community, as a, as a country, and and regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, it, it, it's just been tumultuous at best. And that's why this is so comforting to come together as a family and take a deep breath and to know, regardless of where you sit and stand in this, this crazy political spectrum, that God is in control this morning. And he has a plan each and every one of our lives. And that plan is a desire from Jesus to have the very best in our life, the very best for each and every one of us in in our lives. So take a deep breath. Let's enjoy this moment. Let's enjoy this moment of fellowship together and fellowship in, in, in his spirit. My name is Mark. I just happen to have the privilege of calling this place my church home. Yeah. My wife and I are so blessed to be part of your community. And uh, we know we kind of tip the demographics a little bit to the, uh, yeah, that way. But, uh, yeah, right on, brother. <laughs> but we just say thank you because we just love this community, love this place. And over the last few weeks, we've been sharing about what reunion and the church, Jesus' church, is, is all about um, and I think that, and we talk about what it's all about, it's what he wants for us to be in our very best, in the Spirit and in Jesus. And uh, we started with the, the thought of, why do we gather together? Why, why, what's this all about? Why do we get together? And then we had this great opportunity to be led by Tina and, uh, a few weeks ago about, why do we worship? Why, why do we spend time like we just did? getting moved into this position of worship where we just feel God's presence. Why is that important? Last year, ben, or last week, Ben was able to share with us why prayer was, was so important. And this morning, we're going to talk about why service, why serving in our community, serving the Lord is, is important. Now, think about, and I've, I've been thinking about this, of these first three Boy, those are, that's pretty stiff company. And, and when you think about why we gather, why we worship, and then why we pray, and then service? Why, why, why service jumping in, 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 in this top four? I mean, that, that's some pretty stiff company when you think about it. But I don't think that it takes us too long to figure that out. Because all you have to do is start and look at Jesus' life and look at, and, and as He, as our Savior, to really understand that. And really understand why service is one of the grand callings that each and every one of us need to to, to embrace. Uh, we find this amazing example of of this servitude. Um, again, we don't have to look too far. In John 13, if you have your Bibles with you, or your phone, your iPad, or or you have virtual reality glasses on, or something like that, um, <laughs> that would be funny, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't. Okay. So um, we find this amazing example 
in most of John chapter 13. I'm going to read through most of it with you, and then let's, let's unpack it. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Things Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come to God, but was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel, a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the very towel he had wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you're going to understand. No, said Peter, you shall not wash my feet. And Jesus answered, look, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, then not just my feet, but wash my head as well. And Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to be to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. <laughs> For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. This is great. Jesus said, okay, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, so and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also shall wash one another's feet. I've set you the example that you should do, and as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than the master, nor the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's unpack this. I, I, let's use da Vinci's painting. I, I love that as, as an image. We've all seen it. It's, it is just iconic. And there's Jesus in the middle, all the disciples around, down around the table. Now picture Jesus standing in the midst of his, his men, his posse, his team, those that he has entrusted the future of the church. I always like to deposit at these times and wonder what's going on in Jesus' mind. You know, I, I think about when, when God came down and blessed him at, in baptism. I always think, what was he thinking at that moment? What was going on in his mind? And this is another example where I say, what is, really, what's going on in Jesus' mind? Because he knows. He knows what's coming. And around this table, these guys are oblivious. They're oblivious to what's coming. They have no idea. And Jesus looking down the table and goes, yeah, there's, yeah, he's going to say he didn't know me. Yeah, he's going to tell me that, that he's going to stand up for me. He's going to tell everybody he didn't know me. And, and there's the one that's going to turn me in. Yeah, there he is. And, and he's going to end up in prison for me. He's going to end up in prison for me. 
And, and he's going to be slaughtered. He's going to be martyred. He's going to be killed for me. Imagine the, the pressure. Do you imagine what Jesus is feeling at this moment? And, and at that moment, he has one shot. He has one opportunity to speak. He has one opportunity to say, all right, guys, if there's anything I want to communicate to you, here's what I want to communicate to you. And there he sits. He's in his robe. And he takes off his robe. And he borrows a towel. And he gets down on his hands and knees. And can you imagine the guys are going, hey, what's he doing? What's, what's happening here? And he proceeds to perform the most egregious, most um, dirty, filthy job known to man at the time. And that's washing another's feet. That little task, friends, was always relegated to the worst of the worst of the worst of the slaves or the servants or whoever is in the home. Trust me, it, it, it isn't for the owner of the home. It's not for somebody of, of, of power or somebody or uh, grab the kids, have the kids wash their feet when they walk. <laughs> Imagine me tell them, <laughs> Jesse and the family, you want to wash their feet when they're walking? No, it's, it's the lowest of the low. <coughs> And, and it's important to see these little details because these are the things that we're going to talk about. He takes off his robe, and that robe represents authority. That robe represents who he was. He was the king of kings. He was the lord of lords. He was God in, in, on earth incarnate. But he removed that robe, and he went down and washed every one of their feet. And he, he got to, uh, he got to Simon Peter. And I think this, this really, um, summarizes the, the importance of, of this because he's obviously, he's teaching a lesson without words. He could have talked all night. Okay. One more thing I want to, okay. Now let's see. I got another thing and I want you to hear. No, 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 no. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. He took off his robe. And he washed their feet. He served them at that moment. And he gets to Simon Peter and says, Simon Peter says, what are you doing? You washing my feet? Come on. This is, this is, this is just unheard of. It's uncalled for. It's not, I'm telling you, stop right now unless you want to wash my whole body. Now that I would accept. Not my feet because that's, that's such a horrible test, but okay, wash all of me. If you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me. Jesus is like, here we go. They just don't get it. Because at that moment, Peter was focused on the cleanliness. He was focused on the cleanliness where this act of servitude was about holiness. It wasn't about cleanliness. It was about holiness. And that's what he was trying to communicate at that moment is we are called, and I'm showing you what is absolutely the most important message I want to communicate to you before I take off, before I'm crucified, before I face the next few days. Here's what's most important. <coughs> Guys, we need to place our place in that position of being ready to take off our robes and grab a towel. 
Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't stay in a position of power, in a position of authority, and, and begin to, to pontificate. He took off his robe, and he wrapped a towel around him, and said, this is what's most important, is to serve. Friends, this is why, this is the, the, what we're discussing in the fourth week, and why it's so important, because Jesus made it absolutely critical in the communication to those around him, is we must serve. I don't know about you, but my inclination when I consider that is, I love the robe. I love to wear the robe, because the robe's comfy. The robe's cozy. And the robe represents a position of authority. It represents this thing that that puts us in a different place. And I, I have to, to confess to, to you that how many times that I've gone into a position of servitude where I forgot my towel and I brought my robe. I had my robe on. Because here's what a, a towel says. A towel says, can I help you? And the robe says, here, let me do that for you. The robe rushes in and, and just does it. The towel says, hey, tell me your story. Now the robe says, hey, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you all about me. The towel says, I want to come alongside you. And what does the robe says? The robe says, follow me. The towel says, what do you think you should do? What do you think you should do? Where the towel, where the robe says, here, this is what I think you should do. Different paradigm, different boxes. Friends, I just want to encourage you as you consider your life in servitude that you leave your robe at home. Leave it at home. And never forget your towel. And I would encourage you that, that as you keep us, Keep a towel in your car. Just take a, take a little towel. If I would have had thought of it earlier, I was, I was going to actually have towels made with a reunion logo on it and hand them out today. If as a reminder, to tuck them in your back pocket. Tuck them when you're out serving, when you're out doing your thing. Keep them in the car as a reminder that we're here to serve. Now, what did Jesus do after this, this washing of the feet? He put his robe back on because that's his position and that's his position of power and authority. That was his position as he entered the next few days. And just my prayer for all of us is that we never forget our towels. I, when I, I speak with teams that are headed to, to India, I tell them as they pack their suitcases for the trip, the last thing I encourage them to do is to take their towel and place it right on top of all their clothes, all their snacks, everything that they're taking, place a towel on top. So the first thing they see when they get to where they're going and they pop open their suitcase is that towel as a reminder that they're there to serve and to leave their robes at home. So for the first point that I think is so important is that we are called into service. 
But we're also called into worship. And I would just so enjoyed Tian's wisdom in his words a few weeks ago and his great insights about the essence of worship and and the, here the amazing worship experiences that you have had and that I have had with here at Reunion and other places. I don't know about you, but I can get into a, a, a spot of of worship by Tian and 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 I am just so taken in that I, the next day, man, I've got like a holy hangover. <laughs> Have you had that? Have you gone into a worship experience and 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 then come out going? Man, why why am I so tired this afternoon? I, I can't keep my eyes open. And it was because the Spirit of God met you in such a powerful way. And he met you in in a, a in a place that's intimate, it's deep, it's 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 quiet while it's loud. It's it's everything that he wants to be able to speak to you in a powerful way. And that can just be and here at Reunion, this is such a priority. And I just love what, what Tian shared a couple weeks ago when he says, worship has a reputation to be an act of singing or rejoicing about God, where true worship is about singing, rejoicing, and living to God. It's about giving to God. It's not about singing about, it's giving to. And then that, in return, comes so much in a higher multiplier back to us. And I'm confident this morning that in addition to what we experience when we worship, um, can we do something, can we drop this a little bit? I feel like I'm hitting it. Is that... Yeah, drop drop it just a little bit, Mike. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, I keep getting the. Don't. Yeah, got a towel. Yeah. <laughs> Serve you, Mike. Yeah, let's just drop. Can't hear me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Better. 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 Sorry. Okay. Um, I just wanted to have an opportunity to serve. Yeah. <laughs> just as importantly, when we take the opportunity to worship God with our voices. Uh, we need to understand that servitude and serving is as much of an opportunity of worship than that worship type experience. And, and it's different because we're worshiping with our three T's. We're worshiping with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Check out this verse in 1 Peter 4, 7, 11. It'll be on the, on the board for you that it just talks about the fact that, that Serving is so important because of the time and the place we are in our community and in this world and in the, the continuum of, of God's presence. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multiple multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so, they should do so with the strength God provides 
so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I missed a line. If anyone serves, then they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. To him all the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Reading was not one of my, uh, (laughs) at least out loud, as you can tell. Our time, our talents, and our treasures are as much of a form of worship than it is to lift our voice. But not out of a spirit of obligation, but just as Tian shared a few weeks ago, it's because he deserves it. It's not out of, because of need, no. It's because he deserves it. It's not out of duty. We don't do it out of duty. No, it's because he deserves it. It's not to make a statement to the world. No, it's because he deserves it. He deserves our servitude. He deserves our time. He deserves our talents. He deserves our treasures. He absolutely, positively deserves it. It reminds me of that saying I heard years ago. But I've always appreciated, I didn't really quite understand, and that's the words, have you heard this? The glory of God is man fully alive. Have you heard that? The glory of God is man fully alive. Think about that for a second. What does it mean to be fully alive in the life of of Christ? What does it mean to be fully alive in a community where you're serving and you're worshiping God? And I just... I wanted to know more about that a while back. I wanted to know more about this. And, and it was actually written in the year 202 AD by a, a man named Arrhenius. And as I dug into it, I found that he's actually been misquoted all of these years. That quote, the glory of God is man fully alive, isn't quite exactly what he said. You know how you play the telephone game and things kind of get messed up as you, as you work down the chain. Well, it's, been messed up in 1,800 years, I guess, to, to that point. Um, and here's what he actually said. The glory of God is the living man, and the life of a man is the vision of God. We say that again. The glory of God is the living man, and the life of a man is the vision of God. God, in all his glory, comes into the living man. And in that commitment to come into the living man, he says, I'm going to give vision for who I am and what I am and what I stand for and life eternal. That, friends, is quite a plan. That is quite a master plan that as I try to get my hands around that and try to think about what part we as a community and we as a church and we individually can play, um, there's no better reason or no better season to be fully alive than when we consider that we're part of God's vision. Just a mind blower to me. I look around the, the, the room and, and I see folks that are so ingrained in serving. I see those around that I just see countless opportunities where they say, sure, 
and countless opportunities where nobody even knows that they're out in the world serving. I see it here in the the mornings when I see you breaking down and setting up. I see it when, when, when Megan takes the leftovers from Easter and says, yeah, throw them in the back of my car. I'm heading down to downtown Santa Ana. I'll, I'll, I'll feed those that maybe didn't have any breakfast this morning. I see it left and right because, you see, from the very beginning of this place that God has created called Reunion, service has been at the core of its DNA. It is its DNA. It's at the very fabric of who it is. And that is didn't happen by accident. That was prayerfully and, and wholly considered by Mike and Jess and this team that created this opportunity to be together that we call Reunion. So understand that, that everywhere we look, we just seem to have an opportunity to serve and to serve well because it's at the very heart of our church DNA. But take it one step more personally and intimate. It it is the very heart of a relationship with Jesus. He calls us to serve. It, It isn't an option. He calls us to serve. And and so often, I've found myself in seasons where I don't feel like I'm serving and serving well. I don't feel like I'm in a place where I don't fit. And I just understand that many of you here may be in that season today, and many of you may feel that that's a place that you want to you want to escape, you want to be out of. Um, I get often, I've spoke with folks who just say, you know, I'm just spiritually dry. I'm spiritually dry. I'm just at a spot where I just don't feel. And I'm just in a spot where I just can't express. And then one step further is I just don't feel like I'm being fed. And I'm going to just go ahead and, and I've had these conversations, friends. I'm just going to go ahead and find another place to be because I just don't feel like this place is for me. Friends, I want to encourage you today. And I'm, I'm speaking really boldly now and, and because I, I know that we trust each other as family. But if you're feeling that today, if you've expressed that recently, I just want to tell you it's not about church. And it's not about the church. And it's not about being fed. Frankly, it's quite the opposite. It's about giving. It's about serving. And you just haven't, quite possibly, I'm going to submit, you haven't found that that spot in the kingdom of God where you feel like you're being part of the vision of God. I just want to encourage you to stop and think about that this morning. I want you to encourage you to stop and think. My, my friend Josh Harrison just, I love Josh, and, and he recently shared a great story that I, I feel is, speaks to this again, and I'm speaking in, 
and some pretty bold truth this morning. But Josh is not only a great scholar, but he's a, a great historian on Jerusalem. He knows it really well. Been many times. I love. Laura and I had never never been, but we'd love to go, and I'd love to go with a guy like Josh who knows it. You know, he just knows it so well. But uh, it, it, we were talking, and he was giving a comparative between the two bodies of water that are about a two-hour drive away from each other in Jerusalem. And one is the Sea of Galilee, and one's the Dead Sea. And he said, it's, it's great on, on our trips because we, we go to both places. And we try to go to both places in, in one day, in the same day, to show the comparative differences between the two bodies of water. And you start... We like to start at the Sea of Galilee because it's fresh water and it's alive, full of fish and, 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 and life and, and it's cool. The water's really cool and it's refreshing because it's been hot and it's dusty and dirty and it's great. Everyone loves to go in and swim and enjoy, enjoy the coolness of the water. Then you drive a couple of hours and then you head to the Dead Sea. And he said the Dead Sea is named aptly because it's dead. He said the, the claim to fame is that you float. And how many have been? Anybody been? There you go. Okay. That you float. And you put your hands behind your head and you're not going to sink. And you can float in the water. True? There you go. Okay. So here's one. And nothing lives in the Dead Sea. It is dead. And the water isn't really cool and it's not refreshing. And you don't want to really jump in it and lavish. You just want to go in and say, I floated in the Dead Sea. And uh, it's all alkali and salt, right? Yeah, yucky, all the way around. So what's the difference between Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea? The Sea of Galilee has water that comes in and then water that goes out. So the water that comes in refreshes the Sea of Galilee and then moves on. And more water comes in and refreshes and it moves on. The Dead Sea has water that comes in, but it doesn't go out. And friends, I just, I I submit to you today the thought that friends and Christians that suffer from the sense that they just can't, they're just not being fed, that they just don't feel a sense of purpose, they just don't, can't build a, a, an intimate relationship with Jesus. But because they're not giving out. It's all coming in. It's all coming in. We come in and we enjoy the worship experience. We, we go to life groups and we love each other and we have so much fellowship and joy and, and perspective on life and all of that. But I'm just, there's something, just an, an emptiness about me because you're not giving out. You're not serving. You're not placing yourself in a position to take the goodness that rushes and flows and bubbles into your life and you splash in it and you love it and it's, it's refreshing and it gives you great joy and peace and, and, and you're just feeling it. Give it away. You've got to give it away. If you damn it up on the end, if you stop it on the end, it's going to die. It's going to be purposeless. Nothing will grow. 
So give that some thought because I can just guarantee you that when you take that moment to give your time, your talents, and your treasures, and you begin to give them away, you will never look back. You will never look back. Third reason that uh, is the simplest of all as well, and it's, uh, it's almost silly how simple it is. It's because we're called to love. Why do we serve? It's because we're called to love. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you to love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Here, here a kind of a, a, a thought process in this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you, what? One another. There you go. See, when we love others, we see the world differently. When we love others and we serve others, we see the world in a whole different way. I will personalize this to say that when I am in India and we're serving um, prostitutes, I don't see a prostitute. I see a human being. I see a woman and a child of the living God who happens to be working in prostitution. When I'm with the leper community. I don't see a leper. I see a human being, a child of God, who happens to have contracted leprosy. Here in Santa Ana, we don't need to see homeless people. We need to see children of a living God who happen to be in a season without a home. My friend that serves the prison ministries in Arizona doesn't go into a prison to see prisoners. He sees men that are holy children of God who found themselves, put themselves in a position to be in prison. When we look at it from that perspective, when we look at people differently, our lives will change. We'll take our towel. We'll throw off our robes. We'll throw off our prejudice. We'll throw off the thoughts of, of, of subordinate humanity, if you will, and we'll serve them with our towels. Any Bob Goff fans here? Yeah. You guys love Bob Goff? Who, who likes Bob? Have you read Bob? Okay. He's preaching next Is he great? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of sounded like him right there, didn't I? Great! Yeah. If you haven't read any... Yeah. I have a Bob Goff story I can tell someday, but I won't take the time now. Do you know his, his phone number is on the back of his books? And I called the phone number one day to test it on a really important... He didn't, but he did. I called him on something that was super, super, super important. Um, and I left him a very long voicemail. And it had to do with uh, Julie on the other side of the world. And he came through. Dude came through for Julie on the other side of the world. It was, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, so if you haven't read Love Does, that's his first book. He says he's written three books. First book, he said, was Love Does. Great book. Um, it's just storytelling. 
He says, your second book's always terrible. And he says, thank goodness I, I, I was, had my second book on my computer in the backseat of my car and it got stolen. So my second book was great because <laughs> he's the only one ever read it. Um, and then his third book is Everybody in Always. Very specific title. And the title is, I got to read it. It is Everybody Always be- Becoming Love in a World Full of Setbacks and Difficult People. What a great title. And what does he say? He says, we got to love people. And when do we love people? Now. And how often? Always. This is what Bob Goff says. I hear a lot of people say they wish they could hear from God about this or that. Maybe they mean they want to hear his audible voice. I don't think we want to actually hear something. What will they actually want is to hear in the extra nudge of confidence from God and the opportunity to move forward courageously to do the things we know how to do. What a shame it would be if we were waiting. Listen to this. Listen to this. What a shame it would be if we were waiting for God to say something while he has been waiting for us to do something. He speaks to me loudest on the way. Simply put, simply put, if you want more faith, you need to do more stuff. If you know Bob Goff, that is just gospel Bob Goff in his own words. Simply put, if you want more faith, we need to do more stuff. So friends, let's do more stuff. We don't need to be perfect. We just need to do more stuff. We don't need to speak Jesus. We just need to do more stuff. The time will never be perfect. We just need to do more stuff. Um, If you allow the Holy Spirit the opportunity to lead you into service, worship, and love, I guarantee it, it's going to ruin your life. And that's my prayer this morning. It's going to ruin your life. You know what a ruined life looks like? It's one you can never go back to. It's a life you can never return. It's a life that you cannot return because you have been ruined. Crumple up a piece of paper and try to straighten it back out. And you'll always know that paper had been crumpled. And that's what I pray for you, that you'd be crumpled people. That I would be a crumpled man because of the impact that God has made on my life and in your life. So friends, find your place. Find your place in the kingdom of God. Find your place to be ruined. If you're sitting this morning frustrated that you're not, I 100% understand. And I 100% understand that that is the spirit of the living God working in you right now to say, let me ruin you. Let me change your life. Let's do this together. Let's make an impact. Let's be different. Let's be different. And it may just be one small little little thing that you're missing. You know, when you, when you look at your spiritual gifts, you 
you look at your talents, and when we take those and, and we, we push those into a servitude, often, hear me in this, often we forget about one third little component of that, and that's our temperament. And when, but when we find an opportunity to take those three things, our gifts, our talents, and our temperament, and turn it into the glory of God, you will be ruined. Now, you're, next week you're going to be going into, into life groups. You're going to be going back home. You're going to be spending time with your friends. And I want to give you that homework. I want to give you that, that encouragement to have the conversation about where you are in the kingdom of God when it comes to this critical thing we call worship and servitude. And have a conversation about your gifts. Where's God uniquely wired me in the kingdom of God? And what am I good at? What am I good at? What could, what could others use? And then importantly, talk about your temperament. How can that fit into, into, what, you're, into what you're doing? Um, and, and have those conversations. Dig deep. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this week pass. Don't let this season pass as, as we start year three at Reunion Church. Take this time to learn the Spirit of God, how you too can be ruined in the service to be all things to all people in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray with my friends this morning. I pray as a community that we would find abundant opportunity to be your children, your servants. I pray for abundant opportunity, God, to be all that you call us to be. That we can follow your example, God, and we can serve others, even in the most benign ways, that we can find opportunities to give our time, our talents, and our treasures, God, to serve you in, in a position of worship. But most of all, God, what do you call us to do? You call us to love one another. You call us to love one another, God. May that be all we are this week, all we want to be, because we understand that's all you desire us to be. Father, I just pray that we never forget to bring our towel.